to hold us up. I, I thank the Lord for that. I appreciate Victory being here. It's just good to see you. And uh, I appreciate Brother Ethan. and He's been a, a dear friend to us. And um, just uh, thank the Lord for the week. I want to say this to Chestnutdale. I sure appreciate your faithfulness this week. I really, uh, I really do. And um, I hope that the Lord's done something, uh, something been said or done uh, that the Lord said. It's not my messages, it's his. And um, uh, something that's helped you, something to help you go on uh, for the glory of God and uh, give, give, give you something to go on down the road, some uh, strength of meat to go on down the road for a little while longer. I said uh, open the night that, the scripture says, Wilt thou not revive us again? And so we realize that over and over as children of God, we need reviving, don't we? We need stirring. Uh, we need the Lord to speak to our hearts and do a work in our lives. And so I wish it was the way where you could get on the mountaintop and stay there, but I'm afraid that in this world it's not going to be that way. But I'm thankful for one day when we're at home. Amen. No more troubles, no more trials, no more parting, no more death, no more things that will hinder us. And we'll just be forever happy in Jesus in heaven. And so I just thank the Lord uh, for that. Uh, just uh, I want to say this. I appreciate my wife and, uh, and children uh, being here with us this week. And uh, just just been a blessing, uh, like I said. Uh, I, appreciate, I appreciate the Lord last night. I left this place rejoicing. I've left the place rejoicing every night. But I'm telling you what, I could feel the Lord uh, last night and um, just... Just thank the Lord uh, for all that he's done. I want you to turn your Bibles, if, if you have, uh, I hope you have your Bibles. If you go hunting, you take a gun, right? If you go to church, you ought to bring your Bible. Uh, but um, I want you to turn your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter number 7. <clears throat> Deuteronomy chapter number 7, I hope my voice holds out for us. Um, and I, I pray that the Lord will help us once again tonight. Let me say this before we get started. I know how it is. I know, I know how my church is. And sometimes at my church there at Antioch, I know how it is sometimes when you have uh, visiting churches. Let me say this. It's a blessing that you can have three nights of different visiting churches and be in fellowship one with another. That's a blessing. Uh, but I know how it is sometimes when you have visiting churches. Sometimes I, I know what, how my church is. Sometimes people clamp up a little bit. Uh, listen, if you're saved and born again by the grace of God, we're all going to be in heaven together. Uh, so we all ought to worship together. God speaks to your heart. I don't care if you're a visitor. God speaks to your heart. Come to an altar, testify, raise a hand, shout, say amen, praise the Lord somehow. Uh, do it. Um, and uh, just, uh, just, just let go. Take, take the emergency break off just a little bit and uh, let things go, and we're here uh, to worship the Lord. Uh, so um, um, in Deuteronomy chapter number 7, I want you to stand with me if you will, and I want to read about nine verses out of this chapter and, um, and give what the Lord's laid on our heart. In Deuteronomy chapter number 7, the Bible says in verse number 1, When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land whither thou goest to possess it, and hath cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites and the Gerizites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou. And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, 
Thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them. You know, a lot of problem in our land, this isn't what I'm going to preach on, uh, a lot of problem in our land is a lot of sympathizers uh, toward different doctrines and different things like that. That's not, that's not the will of God. Uh, you have, um, you know, d- just different, a lot, of, a lot of times people, they don't want to say anything bad about anybody else, but if it doesn't line up with the Bible, it's not right, it's ungodly, and you don't have any business being in it. And so, um, in verse number 3, he says, Show no mercy unto them. Verse number 3 says, Neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughter thou shalt not give unto his son, nor his daughter shalt thou, not, shalt thou take unto thy son. For they will turn away thy son from following me, and they may serve other gods so will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. Once again, I'm not preaching on that subject, but that's good instruction. There's a lot of young people here, and this is very good instruction for young people. I'm talking about marriages, and it's talking about, actually, he's talking to the parents of the young people. He said, don't give your daughters and don't give your sons into these other countries and these other beliefs because what they'll do, they'll draw away the hearts of your sons or your daughters into serving false gods. Let me say this, in in my church, in my church, there's been been two two marriages where uh, the boy was raised, and before I was at my church, preacher Carl Wilson was the pastor there, so doctrinally sound all their life, doctrinally sound, King James, Fundamental, Independent Baptist, they made marriages out of the will of God, and right now they're out of the will of God, and I don't even know, I know one of them goes to a liberal church, and the other one, if they go to church, they go to a liberal church, because they took up marriages of people who didn't believe the same way. And that's how easy, you, you say it, it's not going to, as a young person, you say that's not going to happen to me, I'll change them, I'll change him, I'll change her. But most of the time, that's not what happens. And that's why God gives them that warning. So that's just a little extra for you tonight. In verse number 5, the Bible says, But thus shall thou deal with them. Ye shall destroy their altars, and break down their images, and cut down their groves, and burn their graven images with fire. For thou art an holy person unto the Lord thy God, The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love upon you nor chose you because ye were more in number than any people for ye were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you And because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, God, once again, Lord, for another privilege and opportunity to stand tonight 
And Lord, we just pray, Lord, for Lord, our hearts, Lord, here tonight. I pray, Lord, most of all, Lord, God, that first and foremost you would forgive us, Lord, of any sin, God, that would be a hindrance, Lord, in the service tonight. Lord, any wicked way in us, Lord, that might bind things down, I pray, Lord, that you would forgive us of it. And Lord, I pray also, Lord, that we could push aside the things and the cares, Lord, of this world, God, for a moment of time. Lord, as we look into your precious word, Lord, it's you speaking to us and speaking to our hearts tonight. God, help us, Lord, to have the mind of God. Lord, help us, Lord, to be ever so clear, Lord, to where the youngest to the oldest can understand it. And God, help us, Lord, to just worship you for who you are. And Lord, I just ask God once again, Lord, that if there be one here, Lord, maybe you've dealt with them. Lord, maybe one of the other nights, Lord, maybe even tonight, Lord, I pray, God, that you would knock on their heart's door, Lord, one more time. And God, I pray, Lord, they'd step out, Lord, and trust you as Savior. And Lord, I pray, Lord, for the saints of God, Lord, for those that are saved and redeemed and, and, and washed in the blood of the Lamb. God, I pray, Lord, uh, for them tonight. Lord, I pray, God, that you would help us, Lord, to be encouraged. Lord, I pray, God, that we could just get our sights, Lord, set on you. That's what revival's all about. Lord, it's just it's getting our eyes back on Christ and back on Calvary, back on God. And Lord, I just pray, God, that we could do that tonight. And Lord, we'll thank you, Lord, for each and everything that's said and done. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated, and I appreciate you standing. As we look at Deuteronomy chapter number 7, realize that the book of Deuteronomy is the second giving of the law. Realize it's written to the people. You realize that as the children of Israel, they have, at this point in time, they have wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, close to right at 40 years, and they're fixing to enter into the promised land. Now, if you remember, you remember all those generations. God told them back in Numbers chapter number 14 that all those generations that refused to go into the land when Caleb and Joshua went out to spy out the land, they come back and give the report and then they said, no, we're not going to go. There's giants in the land and all those different things. Realize that God told them that everyone from the age of 20 years and up would die in the wilderness and it would be those that were 20 years and, and down at that time and then no doubt those born in the, these years that would be able to enter into the promised land. So this is the second giving of the law uh, in the book of Deuteronomy. We also realize that um, these are great writings not only of instructions uh, and, and directions and commandments for them as they enter into the land, but it's also writings of encouragements for them as they do enter into the land. I'm thankful that God knows us and he knows that we need instruction, we need discipline, we need his word, we need commandments, we need direction, but then also I'm thankful that God knows that, hey, we need encouragement, we need, we need exhortation, we need uh, something to, uh, to make us and to drive us to keep on going for the glory of God. And he does that really in the, in the nine verses that I've read and then all through the book, 
he does that especially in these nine verses here. He gives them some instruction. I stopped and, 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 and shed light on a few of those instructions as far as the, the daughters and the sons and as far as what they were to do as they come into the land and what they were to do into the graven images and the, the false gods that were set up in the land, those instructions. But then he also gives them some uh, encouragement uh, to go on the way. Let me say this, focus verses here uh, that I want to look at is 7 through 9 of the chapter that we read in Deuteronomy chapter number 7. It says, The Lord did not set His love upon you, nor chose you because ye were more in number than any people. What he's basically saying is this, you were a nothing and a nobody, and God didn't, God didn't choose you because you were anything special. You weren't in great number, you, you, you're, a, you're a rebellious people, and, and all these different things. We realize that what he's done in the history of the nation of Israel but he's basically telling them, the Lord didn't choose you because you were something special. And let me say this to us that are saved tonight. God didn't save you because you were something special. God didn't save you because you deserve to be saved. God saved you by his grace. And so he says here, I didn't choose you because you were more in number than the people, for you were the fewest of all people. But notice this in verse number 8. But because the Lord loved you. Amen. Now there's some, there's some topics in the Bible. You preachers know what I'm talking about. And if you study your Bible, maybe you teach a Sunday school class. Uh, Sunday school class. There's, there's some topics in the Bible that feel like you can never get it preached out. And you can never get it taught out. If you're a singer, you can't ever get it sung out. And those topics that come to my mind is first of all the love of God. The love of God. Uh, you can't preach it enough. You can't teach it enough. You can't preach it out. You can't teach it out. You can't ever come to the place where you say, I believe I've covered it all. That's the last time I'm going back to the love of God. I think about the love of God. I think about the song, The Love of God. It says, listen, if the ocean was ink and every stalk on earth was a quill and, 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 the, and, and every man was a scribe by trade and, and, and the skies were parchment. You couldn't write the love of God. That's why he said, that's how big the subject is. You can't do it. The love of God. Think about the love of God. And I think about the grace of God. I think about the mercy of God. And I think about the long suffering of God. But in verse number 9, he says, No, therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God. Now, there's some people in, in, in that you'll run into and they say, I just can't understand that Bible. I just can't understand that King James Bible. I just don't understand its words. Well, that's pretty plain to me, isn't it? That's a, that's a lesson to me. I believe that from the youngest to the oldest here tonight, we can grab hold of that verse right there. It says, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God. Amen. The capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D that you see in your Bibles, that denotes that He's talking about Jehovah God. We, we talked about last night how when you see capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, 
You realize that you're dealing with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. All three in one. Amen. And so the Lord thy God, He is God. And He says this statement, the faithful God. I want to try by the help of God. And I ain't even going to touch the hem of the garment tonight. I want to preach what God's laid on my heart to preach to us tonight. Brother Chad is of the faithfulness of God. The faithfulness of God. Now in the world we're living in, we're living in a world that's full of unfaithfulness. And sometimes when you see so much unfaithfulness, you really forget what faithfulness is. Those vehicles you drove in tonight, especially if you drove in a Chevrolet, they're unfaithful. Amen, I get that in there. But the vehicles you drove in, as nice and as pretty and as much money as you spent on them, they're unfaithful. This building, it's going to have problems, Brother Keith, down, down, down the road. It's, these buildings that we have, the homes that you go back to, they're unfaithful in a way because they're all temporary, aren't they? They all, they all need upkeep. They all aren't dependable all the time. Even people that we meet in day, day in and day out, maybe some of your friends and maybe some of your family, somebody you really thought was a friend to you, they become an unfaithful person to you. And they, they left you in the back and they forgot about you. And so you realize that the world's full of unfaithfulness. But he says, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God. And he says, Now these are encouraging things for him, Brother Con, as they, as they enter into this land. He's God. The Lord God, He is God. And He's the faithful God, He tells them. As you enter into this land, there's one thing he wants him to know, that he is faithful to him. You look at the word faithful that we find in the Bible here. The word faithful, if you look it up in the Strong's Concordance, it's the Hebrew word amen. And that's where you get the word amen from also. And the, the, the word amen that you find in the Bible is derived from this word. So really, when you're saying amen, you ain't amen in the preacher. You ain't amen in the singers. You're amen in what's been said. And you're amen in that, that you know that God is faithful. And you're singing about the blood that saves. And you say amen. And you say, that's faithful. That's faithful. That's faithful. That's faithful. That's true. So be it. So be it. It's sure. It's steadfast what amen says but the word faithful means amen and the word means this I hope it helps I, I told you first a week Chestnutdale you know I'm big on words and studying words looking at words I don't need another translation to get a better understanding of it just give me an old Webster 1828 dictionary and just look up the meaning of the word but uh the word faithful that we find here means to build up or support. It means to trust or believe. It means the word faithful means to be permanent. Amen. Permanent. Now sometimes 
you get permanent marker on something. And sometimes even my dress shirts, if, if, uh, if maybe they, something gets washed in uh, with our clothes, and sometimes, I, one time Jennifer was washing uh, some of my white shirts, and something must have already been down in the, I mean, you got youngins, you'll find everything in a washing machine or a dryer. But uh, what it does, it, it stains those shirts. Sometimes you can get those stains out, and sometimes those stains are permanent. You can't do anything about it. The word faithful means it's something that stays, something that's permanent. It means to be more, it means morally to be true or certain. When you think about truth in this world, there ain't a whole lot of truth in this world either, is there? But listen, you can look to the Lord thy God and you can say, he is truth. If you need advice, you can look in the pages of the Word of God and God's going to give you the truth. If you're out in sin in your life and you read the pages of God, God's going to convict you of it. You know why? Because He's telling you the truth. Amen. And so realize that it means morally to be true or certain. The, the, it, the meaning of this word it also means, it comes from the Hebrew word of a meaning of to foster as a parent or nurse. You think about uh, you ladies that have had children and you think about holding your child, maybe nursing your child, being faithful to it. it also, the word also means to nourish. But nourishing and feeding and being there for that child. You're, you're what to it? You're faithful to it. There's nothing. I don't, you don't see a whole lot of parents like that out there today. But I believe there's some parents here that are that way. Listen, if your child needed anything as a parent, you'd do anything in the world to get that child what they need. Now, as they get older, their demands get more expensive, and sometimes we have to say no. Right, Parker? You can't have every bow that you want, every gun that you want, every truck that you want. But if there's something I knew that any of my children needed, Brother Chad, that they really needed, if they called me, if I was plumb across the country, and they called me and said, Daddy, I need you here at the house, and I need you right now, I'd book the first plane. If I couldn't find a plane, I'd find a train. I'd find some type of car. I'd rent whatever I had to do. I'd drive however many miles I had to drive to get back to them because that's my child. You realize that in being a child of God, that God's faithful to us just as a parent is to their child? Amen. I like it. It's helping me tonight. It means, listen, the word means to uphold. To uphold you that are, that are builders and uh, maybe you're building a deck on a house. And what do you do? You make the frame of it and you put a post up underneath it and uh, you don't put something skimpy under it, do you? No. You, you, you pour that footer right you put the, you dig the footer down till you hit solid ground. 
You put the steel in the footer. You put the concrete in the footer. You put the, port, the post up underneath the port. And you can walk away from it and say, that right there, that'll do the job. It'll hold it. That'll be faithful. You don't have to go home and toss and turn in the bed at night and wonder if that post is going to uphold. Listen, that's the way the Lord is. He's a pillar of our life. He upholds us. We can't do anything without Him. And so it means to uphold. It means to be carried by a nurse. It means to support with the arm. To carry a child. It means this lastly. It means to be firm. Unshaken. Such as one may. I like this. Now get a hold of this. It means to be firm. It means to be unshaken. Such as one may safely lean on. Amen. Lean on me is what God says. What he's telling the children of Israel right here. Listen, when you enter into the promised land, you remember that the Lord is God and he is the faithful God. And he's one that you can lean on. He's one that will carry you. He is one that will uphold you. He is one that will be permanent to you. That's what he's saying. All those things said by just making the statement, He's faithful. He's faithful. That's what faithful is. In fact, if you think about, if you think about, you ever used the phrase before, so-and-so's the definition of something? I mean, you might, you might say about your boy, say, oh, you might say about Ethan over there. Oh, Ethan, he's the definition of tough. Or, oh, Ethan, he's the definition of a wild child. You might say that. You've already told me that. I ain't picking on you. He told me that himself. And what that is is saying, that's what it is. You realize that God all through the Bible tells us, listen, when the Bible makes a simple statement in 1 John and said, God is love, what he's saying is this, God is the definition of love. You can't know love. You can't know true love. You can't know agape love apart from knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. And as he says here that he is faithful, what he's saying is this, and what we realize is this, that God is. He literally is, sister. He is the definition of faithfulness in our lives. You, you want to... I mean, sometimes you get discouraged by all the unfaithfulness. Oh, if I say this, be encouraged. Because you got one with you that's permanent. He's faithful. You got one with you, as the word means, that'll carry you. You got one with you that'll nurse you and nourish you. And you got one with you, oh, he's just altogether true. And altogether lovely, as the Song of Solomon says. In chapter number 7, I see about four things. That's a pretty long introduction, isn't it? One so far. Some of y'all looking wild out at me back there in the back row. But in this chapter, listen, I'm going to go through some things. I really want to get to what I want to get to. You see, in this chapter alone... He tells them that God is faithful, first of all, in the conflicts. 
Verse number 1. He talks about all those ites down through there. The Amorites and the Jebusites and all these people. And you know what he tells them? He said, every one of them is greater than you are. That's what, I mean, it's not really encouraging, is it? He says, every one of them. There's seven nations, Brother Chad. And every one of them is bigger and they're stronger and they're greater than you are. But you know what he tells them? Verse number 2, first part, he says, When the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee. What he's saying is this. I'm faithful in the conflict. You don't have to worry about the battle. As, as uh, was it, uh, oh, I'm going to get messed up here. Is it David that said the battle is the Lord's? Maybe. I think that's right. He said the battle's the Lord's. And what he's saying is all those conflicts that you're going to go through as you enter into this land, you're a bunch of, you, some of them, like I said, listen, this is the generations that were allowed to go in that he's talking to. And so you got a lot of young people in there. Young people, let me say this. In your life, you're going to go through a lot of conflicts. You're going to have a lot of troubles in your life. But you know what? God's with you. There's one in this world, I promise you, He's faithful. He'll be right there with you. He's faithful in the conflict. Secondly, let me say this. He's faithful in His commandments. In verse number 2, as I already said, and we stopped there in the reading, so I'll not dwell on it. He tells them what, he gives them commands, Brother Ethan, about what to do. He's going to deliver them to him. He said, it's up to you. You go in there and you tear down all their altars. You put away all that stuff. And, you don't, and later on in the chapter, he tells them, you don't keep any of the gold. You don't keep any of the silver. You put it all away. It's all an abomination in the sight of the Lord. He's faithful in his commandments because we realize this. We know the rest of the story and we realize what happens to them as they go over there and then eventually they do take up the false gods and they, they do serve idols again and all these different things. And I tell you this, God was faithful to what he said here before they even entered in. He, did, he didn't just wink at their sin and say, well, that's, that's all right. I'll just go back and uh, I'll, I'll just change what I told you I'd do. I really ain't going to be that bad to you. It's, a, it's about like a parent threatening to whip her, whip her young and never will do it. Now, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count to three now. One. Two. Two and a half. Don't make me do it. See, what he's, what he's saying, he's faithful to his commands. If God says it, you better guarantee he's going to do it. He's going to bring it to pass. And so we realize that he's faithful in his commands. I need to go on. Thirdly, let me say this. He's faithful in his correction and his chastisement also. And we know that from the story. In fact, if you get on over to chapter number 8, 
chapter number 8, verses 11 through 20, the, the heading in my Bible says, A Warning Against Pride. And he goes on down through there, and what, what he tells them in chapter number 8, in 11 through 10, 20 is this, is when you get over there, and I, and I deliver all these, these people to you, and, and all these nations for you, and all these different things, and if at the end of the day, or at the, the end of the victory, and you say, we've done all this stuff, he said, I'll wipe you out. That's what he says. He says, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for he it is that giveth thee, verses number, verse number 18, for he it is that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, where he swear unto his fathers as it is this day. And it shall be if thou do at all. That's important. If thou do at all forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them and testify, I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish as the nations which the Lord destroyeth which the Lord destroyeth before your face, so shall ye perish, because ye would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. He is faithful. Listen, in the faithfulness of God, He's faithful in His correction and His chastisement. You can guarantee it. He is. Let me say this also about the faithfulness of God, that He is faithful in His charity and in His love. He is someone who loves you unconditionally. He is someone that, listen, the love of God, it cannot be severed. Amen. What does the Bible say? I, there, there's nothing that can separate me from the love of God. I believe Paul wrote that. He said there's, there's nothing, no height, nor power, nor principality, none of these things can separate me from the love of God. What it's saying is this, it's a faithful love. You might as well count on it. You might as well understand. There's nothing. It's an unsevered love, an unending love, and it's an unexplainable love. I don't understand why God's love is the way it is, but I'm thankful that it is the way it is. I'm thankful for this. Let me just put this in right here. I'm not going to say it later. I'm thankful that God's faithfulness to me does not depend on my faithfulness to Him. Although you should be faithful and although you should love the Lord thy God with all your heart and all your soul, I am so thankful, Brother Ethan, that God's faithfulness to me is not dependent upon my faithfulness to Him. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. The charity, He tells them, as I already read there in verse number 9, but because the Lord loved you, and because He would keep oath which He had sworn to your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand. If you think about the love of God, when he come by your way and saw you a sinner and saw you in the mess and the shape and the sin that you were in, still yet in love and in faithfulness, he reached down his hand to you. Because, listen, my Bible says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that 
whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know what that tells me? It's a faithful love. You know what the Bible tells me in Romans 5 and 8? It says, uh, it says uh, but God, about forgot where I was going there. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, it's a faithful love. Even when you were lost in trespasses and sins, God cared enough and loved you enough that he would save somebody like you. Speak to your heart, draw you unto his self, love you and kiss you and give you peace and joy and comfort and an inner dwelling of the Holy Spirit for all your days. Oh, that's faithfulness. He's faithful in his charity. He's faithful in his care. He's faithful in his conversion. As he read, as he goes on and tells them, he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Oh, he's faithful in conversion. Let me just say this. I'm so thankful that the Bible teaches of a, of a salvation that ain't here today and gone tomorrow. And I don't care what all the fools, all the church of Christ and all those idiots say. I'm telling you, that's not the God that we serve. He's faithful in His conversion. I ain't always been what I should be and you ain't either. But I'm so thankful I got something, Brother Ethan. I got a hold of something May 1st, 2011 that I cannot lose. Amen. He's faithful. He's faithful. There's still enough power in the blood to save somebody like me. Amen. Amen. The faithfulness of God. Let me just say this. I've got a few things wrote down. I'm done. I think about the faithfulness of God. I see Him. He is a faithful friend. The Bible says there is a friend which sticketh closer than a brother. You know what that verse is saying without saying the word faithful? It's saying he's faithful. He sticketh. He sticketh. He's permanent. He sticketh closer than a brother. I think about, you know, the Bible says that Abraham was a friend of God. But I was thinking about what a friend God was to Abraham. As we preached the other night and Abraham going on down to Egypt, even in all of his failures, God's still a friend to him. God still helped him. God still forgave him. God still blessed him. Amen. Amen. The promise is still yet. I'll bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. Even though Abraham messed up a few times after that promise was given, God still, Brother Ethan, he still keeps his promise to Abraham. I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. He's a faithful friend through the failures of Abraham's life. Thinking about David's life, he was a faithful friend through the fights. As David fought first the lion and the bear, then he fought Goliath, and then we know David is a man of, he's a man of war, the Bible says, a man of blood, a man that fought many battles. God was a faithful friend to David 
through all of his fights. We talked about that when we was talking about the conflicts. But listen, all the storms, all the battles, all the conflicts that you have in your life, God's the faithful friend that will never leave you nor forsake you. I think about the three Hebrew children. He is a faithful friend through the fire. Amen. As the three Hebrew children, they just stood up for what they believed in. I tell you what, to me, that's one of my favorite portions of Scripture. Is they tell the king, they say, we ain't even going to think about it. We'll take a fire before we fall down and worship your false gods. They throw them in the fire. And the king looks in. He turns around and says, didn't we throw three men in there? He said, yeah. He said, well, I see four of them. And the fourth is like the Son of God. In the fire is one there. They come out. They didn't smell like smoke, nor were their hairs burned. I don't even think they was sweating. But through the fire, he's been a faithful friend. Through, through times when you think that you can't get back up and that you never walk again, I promise you this, you preachers, no, I don't know if you've ever been through anything or not, but I've found out in the last two, three years Through the fire, he's a faithful friend. Young people, as you face temptations and you face what the world tells you you ought to do, you just go with God. And I promise you this, even though you're persecuted, even though you're cast away, and even though you're talked about, through the fire, there'll be one there with you that'll stand with you. Amen. I think about what the Apostle Paul said. He said when, 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 when he first stood, he said, all men forsook me, but the Lord stood with me and he strengthened me. Amen. Amen. I like that. I'm about, that's blessing my heart right there. The Lord, listen, it didn't matter. Nobody else would stand with him after he got saved. It didn't matter to him. Nobody else would stand with him when he got saved, but the Lord stood with him and he strengthened him. I thank God for that, and He'll do the same for you. Israel, even through their fall and all these things, God still yet was a faithful friend, even through chastisement and even through correction. Now, let, let, I, I want to hang right there for just a minute. God's parking the brake right there for just a minute. Even through correction and even through chastisement from the Lord, God's still a faithful friend. You better believe it, buddy. God's not against you. God's being a faithful friend to you. Sometimes He's just got to take us and whip us and get us in shape and show us some things and put us back on our feet and let us go again. He's still faithful even through the fall. I think about the song that we sing sometimes. No, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggles. 
He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. There's not a friend like Him. He's a faithful friend. He's a faithful comforter. I want you to turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter number 13. I'm trying to hurry just the best I can. Hebrews chapter number 13. I want you to see something here. A faithful comforter. We realize that God promised in John chapter number 14. He promised as he, as he was departing. He promised that he would send a comforter. Amen. This is a verse that we oftentimes cling to. And it's a good clinging verse. It's a good cleaving verse. I like it. It says, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. If you notice the phrase that we say over and over and over again as a child of God, He's promised me that He'll never leave me nor forsake me. Do you realize that promise in your Bible reads just as good forwards as it does backwards? Thee forsake nor thee leave, never will I. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Thee forsake nor thee leave, never will I. It don't matter which direction you read that promise. It doesn't matter if you feel like you're going forwards or you're going backwards. It reads the same way. I will never. That is a promise of the God of heaven. I've already said, listen, He's faithful to His commandments. He's faithful to His word. He's promised us, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And buddy, you can bank on it, forwards or backwards. Thee forsake, nor thee leave. Never will I, saith the Lord. And so we look at that. He's a faithful comforter. I wrote a few things down. Let me just skip down through here. He's a faithful burden here. God hears our prayers. He's a faithful burden bearer. God bears our burdens. He's a faithful Savior. He's a faithful teacher. He's a faithful fortress. He's a faithful high tower. He's a faithful shield. He's a faithful rock. The Bible says in Psalm chapter number 61, it says, When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. What he's saying is this, is that rock is faithful. I can promise you that. The rock, the Lord Jesus Christ, he is a faithful rock. You think about a rock. It's a sheltering place. It's a secure place. And buddy, it's a solid place. It's solid as a rock. Amen. And that's the Lord that we serve. He is faithful. Oh, he's a faithful rock. Oh, when your heart's overwhelmed. You ever get like that? When your heart when you don't know what, which way's up. 
when you can't even pray sometimes, when your heart's overwhelmed with family trouble, job trouble, church trouble, 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 trouble on every hand, when your heart's overwhelmed inside of you, brother, he just said, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. I can't do it. I can't stand. I feel like I'm sinking and sinking sand. They say, if you just get me to the rock, I'll be all right. Lead me to the rock that's higher than I. He's a faithful forgiver. In 1 John chapter number 1, verse number 9, the Bible gives us this promise. If we confess our sins, He is what? Amen. He is what? He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all, A-L-L, all unrighteousness. You know that wasn't written, that was written, that's writing to save folk right there. Even after you're saved and you sin, aren't you thankful, listen, that God can wipe the slate clean? If you confess your sins, he said, you know what? You're going to mess up. You're going to sin. You're going to fail. You're going to come short. But if you confess your sins, you can bank on this. He's faithful. And He's just. That means this. He's the only one justified to do the work. He's just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's a faithful helper. I already read that verse. The Lord is my helper. He's a faithful high priest. He's a faithful advocate versus the adversary and versus the accuser. As, old, as the old devil comes up and accuses and, and, and is our adversary day in and day out, I'm thankful that we have a faithful advocate, one that won't leave us hanging and one that will stick up for us. He's a faithful promiser. In Hebrews chapter number 10, in verse number 23, it says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. And it says this in parentheses, For He is faithful that promised. You can, you can count on every promise, every promise that God gives you in this book whether it's the forgiveness of sins, whether it's of joy, whether it's of peace, whether it's of comfort, whether it's of being going through the fire, all these different things. His promises says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith for He is faithful that promised. See, you ain't reading Daniel Lawrence's promises to Christian people tonight. Uh, that wouldn't mean much to you, would it? You ain't reading the King Daniel version. Oh, but you open up the precious Word of God and you see promise after promise after promise. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. You know what, Christian? 
That's God's faithful promise to us. That's what keeps me going, Brother Ethan, is knowing one day He's going to call us home, get us out of this old wicked world of sin. It's a faithful promise, sir. Let me say this toward the last here. He's a faithful shepherd. Read the verses of the 23rd Psalm. And he starts out and says, The Lord is my shepherd. And all through those verses, all you see written all over those verses is faithfulness, faithfulness, faithfulness. He's faithful to lead me beside the still waters. He's faithful to restore. This, this is my favorite phrase of the 23rd Psalm. He restoreth my soul. I love it. I like it all. That's mine. I'm thankful that God's in the restoration business. He can take an old junker like me. He'd take old junker like you. That's right, I called you that. We ain't taking a love offering up tonight, are we? Okay. But he can take somebody like you. He can fix you all up and restore you. That's what revival's all about. Just getting, as a child of God, just fix you back up. Over and over and over. The ETH gives you a continual restoration restoreth my soul he's faithful to restore he's faithful to lead me in the paths of righteousness he's faithful to walk with me through the valley of the shadow of death even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death brother junior I'll fear, fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and I stab, they comfort me. What he's saying, he's a faithful shepherd to his sheep. I'm thankful to be one of his. Praise God, you ought to too if you're here and you're saved. Or do something in your heart. It's doing something in mine tonight. He's faithful to prepare me a table even in the presence of my enemies. Even in this old wicked world. Watch the news and it beats you down and drags you down. But even in this old world, I thank God my shepherd, he can still lay me out a table full. And just lay open his word right there. And prepare us a table. We can come to the house of God. We can feel a touch. We can feel a tug from heaven because he's faithful to prepare us a table in the presence of mine enemies. Let me say just a few more things. He's faithful also in that psalm to anoint my head with oil. In Revelation chapter number 19, Revelation chapter number 19, if you want to turn there, I want you to see this. I want you to see about two more things and I'm done. Revelation chapter number 19, verse number 9, it says, And he saith unto me, Right, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are they that are 
are, these are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I saw heaven open, and behold a white horse. He that sat upon him was called Faithful. That's what they called him. Saw heaven open up, and a white horse, and all that could come out of their mouth is faithful and true. Oh, I'm telling you, he's faithful from the front of the book to the back of the book. He's faithful all through eternity. He's faithful, he's faithful, he's faithful. It's no wonder I was thinking about this. It's no wonder in the days of Jeremiah, as he started into the book of Lamentations, I'm done with this. Verse number 21, chapter number 3, the book of Lamentations. He talks about everything, the book of Lamentations. The book of Lamentations is a crying out. There's reasons to cry in this day, isn't there? And it's almost as if sometimes he's writing, and Jeremiah, we know he's, he's a weeping prophet. He's a, a tender-hearted prophet of God. And sometimes even reading his writings, it's almost like you can see in old Jeremiah's and, and, and hearing his words that sometimes he just wants to throw up his hands and quit. It says in verse number 21, This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Great. We sing a song. How great thou art. How great thou art. Jeremiah writing. He says great is thy faithfulness. Heads bowed and eyes closed tonight. Sister, who, whoever would come to the piano, would you, would you come please? Whoever played the piano maybe there at the opening up, I, I sure would appreciate if you'd come. Just a song of invitation, whatever the Lord lays on your heart.